It is the 2020 finale of Waking the Red Weekly presented by Footy Talks, and we are going out in style. You might wonder why we are so dressed up this week, and that is, of course, because we are celebrating the third annual WTR Awards throughout this week's show. We'll be looking back at the year that was for Toronto FC as we hand out awards for different categories, including best goal scored, most underrated Toronto FC player, uh, worst play, plenty more. Special guests from Waking the Red staff will drop in throughout the show to present and debate awards uh we're just straight up asking for stream technical difficulties at this point but um you'll have plenty of chance to, to have your say as well in the comment section and of course over at wakingthered.com where awards voting polls are now officially live michael jeff how we doing great mitch i think we should talk about it uh talk about what happened before the show there mitch were you showing up five minutes before showtime all dressed up all pulling it up and leaving jeff and i to go scramble for some blazers we got <laughs> jeff wearing a blazer over a toronto fc 2017 kit and you have me wearing a blazer over a night hoodie um but hey man it's it's wtr awards it's a big big mm-hmm. day and you know we had to get dressed up for it we couldn't just leave you hanging there no no of course I love nothing more on this show than the chaos, so that's why you know I'll, I'll drop in every once in a while and and surprise these guys Keep with a thing or toes. two. But yeah, <laughs> your bow tie's crooked. Oh no! There we go. Yeah. Oh, oh, other way. Yeah. <laughs> Green mirroring. I agree. I agree, Michael. Love that. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. As as I said, we'll get to the awards, but first, I think we should just very quickly. Uh, touch on the one bit of news, one bit of big news that we got in the Canadian soccer circles this week, and that is, of course, Canada soccer training camp January 9th to 24th in Bradenton, Florida. No official matches at this time. Uh, I've been told there'll be some training matches against another national team, but there's no confirmation on that yet. And as we know, in COVID times, everything's a very fluid situation. But what we do know is some pretty surprising names on that list. I think uh, Marcelo Flores certainly surprised a lot of people but the the one obviously that uh is is big here is is io akinola what were your thoughts when you saw the canadian list come out and io was there yeah first of all mitch congrats to you for for breaking that news you were the first to you know have that that scoop that canada soccer was going to be putting that camp together in january so uh, <laughs> definitely congrats to you but Iowa and all that, that surprised me because I think we might have talked about this a little bit, but we've looked at his, his social medias and it's been all United States um, down to like the last emoji. I mean, I haven't seen a Canadian flag emoji on, on any of his socials. So, you know, just to, for him to be named to this roster, obviously he accepted the invitation. And it's good, good on him, you know. Um, there's not many people who are in this situation. And I think he's just making the most of it. Why not take your time and make that decision? Obviously, with with a big twenty twenty one coming up, he's gonna have to make that decision closer, you know, soon. But I, I still think he's doing everything right on, on his end, and you know, he's marketing himself really well too. Of course, with with no official matches, um, none of these players will be cap tied. But there is a chance Jeff and I will have to print a retraction. Uh, note soon for a little rant we went <laughs> on, uh, about uh, io that one show and uh you left us uh unsupervised there michael um, oh, no. what did i do <laughs> but I, I did want to mention um some other exciting developments from this camp of course three players apparently are now cap tied to the canadian senior side that's theo corbino of wolves uh, whether or not he's at camp uh remains to be seen again i think the uk travel thing will be somewhat interesting in all of this but 
uh, in a more positive news, he's been getting some time uh, on the bench with the Wolves senior team. So it looks like they'll need him right now. So potentially Canada won't get him. The other two, Frank Sturing, uh, who plays for Den Bosch uh, in the second division and uh, Dutch Youth International, you know, that, that they don't just hand out those caps uh, on regularly. So that's an exciting player, certainly as a center back for Canada. And then Christian Gutierrez from the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, that's an exciting player as well, just, you know, um, getting minutes in MLS and obviously with Chile's youth side. So a couple of dual internationals coming in for Canada, and that's uh, that's big. Anytime you can grow the player pool, and and especially given Canada's history with dual internationals, winning some of those is always a positive. Mm-hmm. This isn't their best, you know, roster that they, they invited here to the January camp, obviously, because of it's in the middle of the North American in season or European season and the North, North American offseason. Um, mm-hmm. But just looking at the roster, it, it's amazing how far Canada has come in just a couple of years. Um, yeah, this is a team that I honestly believe can compete with, you know, some of the best nations in the world. And you know, we never used to think that we, whenever we were matched up against a mid-tier side, I think it was automatically like a seven nothing, eight nothing assumption that we were going to get blown out or something like that. But I think nowadays we're in almost every every game, and I think we we have a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if the seven or eight was was the assumption, but the zero definitely was the assumption. Yeah, the zero. <laughs> we know Canada wasn't going to score. We just didn't know how many the other team was was going to put in the back of the net. But yeah, I mean, even you know, we've we've even with like there's eleven players coming. You know, Dane St. Clair, Tejon Buchanan, Alistair Johnson. These are all players that we, yeah we would have been very excited about a couple of years ago, and and they barely have gotten mentioned going into this camp because, you know, there's all those other names as well. So a very exciting young group for Canada. All these guys are like under 23 as well. So uh, uh, Olympic potential as well with Olympic qualifiers expected to come up in the next little bit. Um, also more exciting news for Canada this week, a sweep in the, the Canadian Press Awards. Um, Alfonso Davies winning Male Athlete of the Year, Christine Sinclair winning Female Athlete of the Year. So you know, exciting there. Obviously, uh, the CP awards are take it or leave it. Everyone lost their mind when Toronto FC didn't win 2017 uh, CP team of the year. Instead, it was the U19 Canadian basketball team, I think. Um, so anyway, let's get to the more important awards, shall we? The, the Waking yeah, the Red Awards. Um, very excited for these. We've got a ton of different categories, as we said. Let's start with the Danny Dicchio Seat Cushion Award for Best Goal Scored. Oh, <laughs> Jeff, you got the, the sting there. Do I just, uh, you, you didn't hand me my envelope. What am I supposed to know? So for the Danny oh. Dickio seat cushion award for best goal scored, um, we have a couple of honorable mentions and we'll moonlight them. It's a, uh, Pablo Piatti's wonder strike against his first goal at uh, BMO Field there against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Of course, not many people can forget that one. Um, Iowa Canola, his body and finish at the MLS's back tournament. That was that was something else. Yeah, um, it was pretty disgusting. But there's the, only one winner, guys. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. the consensus here at WTR, and of course, it was Richie Larea's magical run there um, against the Columbus Crew, and that was. I mean, we all talked about it at the time. That was one of the best goals I think we've seen in a while. And to see a team that doesn't have many players that have 1v1 capabilities, to see Richard Lair come out and take on, you know, 1v3, that got us out of our seats. And 
in such a massive game too. I think Columbus was, you know, one of the supporter shield leaders at the time or close to it at least. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was something special for sure. Do you guys have any, any memories of that or any other goal you want to shout out? Uh, everybody in my entire condo probably hated me because I was screaming, <laughs> go Richie, go Richie at the loudest <laughs> in the loudest. I mean, I was squealing. That was, that was one hell of a goal. Special. Like, yeah, it was, it was super special. He, uh, he clowned what the entire Columbus defense on that one it was just mm-hmm. just ridiculous um yeah yeah not much to say it's an easy favorite like that goal was yeah, ridiculous sure. it was absolutely insane uh we got yeah. a minute before we're, we're we're scheduled for our first wtr guest yeah uh, we did one more award before we, we bring okay. our friend Mark. sure yeah okay i, I see I did. He's, he's nodding okay. along so I did want to say we don't have uh, we don't have um, highlights for all this because of rights issues, but Jeff will be performing all of these in- interpretive dance. So, um, <laughs> Jeff, whenever you're ready, show us the Richie goal. Just give me five more jobs, Mitch, because I'm not <laughs> enough. All right, <laughs> that's true. I don't know why I didn't put that on Michael, but um, let's let's yeah, let's do one more award. Let's go the Paul Mariner Best Finish of the Modern Era Award for Worst Goal Conceded. Just one. I just had to pick one. Honorable mentions. Wow, my shout was an honorable mention. Uh, Caden Clark, New York Red Bulls. That you late... had a couple people agree with you there. Um, well, because I'm right. <laughs> I don't know about that. I thought that was a fantastic goal that Caden Clark scored. Mm-hmm. Why did you vote for it to be the worst? Well, because, because it started the nacho curse. That was the night that Martin... <laughs> Charlie and I went out to get nachos and uh, ended up uh, ruining everything for everyone for all time. So, yeah, <laughs> all right, that's personal sentiment right mm-hmm. there. The goal itself, though, that was that was pretty breathtaking. I think Quentin Westberg, I remember just thinking back to it. He said, you know, some some goals you just have to appreciate going in, and that's coming from a keeper. So um, that was that was a hell of a strike from the kid. Uh, we have a couple other honorable mentions there, and. I threw out Griffin Yao, who is another 17-year-old who scored against Toronto mm-hmm. FC, and he played for DC United. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that was when you had, like, three players going for the same ball, Quinton Westbrook included, and then it, it bounces out to the top of the box, and Griffin Yao um, just tucks in a, a late equalizer for DC United, a lowly DC United team with a bunch mm-hmm. of youngsters flooded out in the lineup. Um, that was my choice for worst goal conceded. We also had Sergio Santos. And the five nothing uh, annihilation, TSG yeah. injured. Um, the fifth mm-hmm. goal there was pretty wide open. But, but the I winner think, is yeah, we, we got a, we got a winner, Mitch. Why don't you say this one? Yeah, the winner um, in terms of stature, in terms of everything that went with it, was the the goal they conceded in the playoffs against Nashville. Um, that that was also a bit of a calamity of errors. All the players just seemed to stop running at that point. So, um, yeah, not a great goal. But I think a lot of good shouts. I mean, any goal Toronto FC conceded against DC this year, I feel like could have been considered yeah. considering yeah. what how they happened and like. Uh, the, yeah, just the the game circumstances as well. I feel like any of those are good shouts. Okay, I'm bringing Martin on. All right. There we got our boy. first guest. Oh, no, he's in, he's uh, in yeah. his car. We have bad. <laughs> no, no, I, I pulled over for sure. I pulled over for sure. I'm just in the uh, Arby's drive-thru, so I should be. No! <laughs> yes. No! yes, Martin. That's so I great. love that so much. How are you guys so, doing? Well, great, Martin. crappy now because I want Arby's, but uh, <laughs> uh, Martin's going to talk about what, what's your shout? Uh, we're going to do. 
number 12 for Martin. So just let me uh, just let me pull it up. Here we go, boys. So yeah. Right. This best is the player. Torsten Frings Award for yeah, best player playing in a, a natural position. Yes. Um, I think last year's winner was Richie Larea. He was a center mid, obviously went to fullback. Martin, talk to us. What what did you what was your shout here? Well, for... I I I was cheeky on this one. I didn't I didn't go with the natural uh on this one, this guy says. This guy's def- cheeky on the entire award. But, but I said for this, uh the best player in an unnatural position was Alex Bono as a uh backup because it may not be the position he's used to. I don't think it's the position he should stay in, but the kid got 270 minutes and tossed three shutouts this year. Didn't allow a goal the entire season. Um, I've got all the love in the world for Q. I think Q should be our starter. I don't want to lose Alex, but at this point in his career, at his, at this age, um, I, th- I think he did fantastic in that role. And I hope it's not a role he gets used to. I, I hope uh, I hope he finds minutes somewhere. Uh, it's a luxury to have someone like that coming off the bench if needed. But uh, yeah, no, shout out to Alex for sure. Hey, would you want him in an Eastern Conference team so that they can ruin us a bunch of times over the regular season? <laughs> or a Western Conference team that we won't see until he ruins us in MLS Cup? Yeah, I, I would. I, I mean, <laughs> I, too often, really. God bless him. But uh, but I would hope for a bit more of a Joe Bendick curve as opposed to a Stephen Fry curve. <laughs> Alex, Alex Bono is an ongoing debate here. I mean, we have this discussion all the time with the salary cap hit that he carries, of course. Um, he talked about this a little bit this year, but he went on kind of a and it wasn't alone. It was just a training. Yeah, he went on the train. Yeah. Was, was it Burnley? Where is it that he was at? Whichever was, team uh, Neil Warnock manages, that's the one he went to. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, Mitch? I thought it was a championship team, not not Burnley. It's probably like Arsenal. Hey! Oh like my Arsenal. God, you guys! <laughs> Holy! Why don't you just throw Arby's at me and burn all of my Arsenal? Um, <laughs> yeah, my God. Arsenal came back after, and he was very appreciative about his time with you know Toronto FC, and you know just based on how he gets treated, just based on the club and just based on, you know, everything in between that Alex Bono again was very appreciative of his time and, you know, thankful to be back in Toronto. So who knows, who knows what, what the right move for him is like, does management think that they need to move on from that cap to improve the team elsewhere? Do they think he's the goalie of the future? Cause he is just 26 years old and Quinton Westbrook's like what? 34 now. Yeah, not um, a bad show. Not a bad yeah. show. Yeah, so it is, it's it's interesting debate, Martin, and I think you make a really good point. He's a he's a 2017 MLS Cup champion. Um, you know, he's he set multiple Toronto FC records, and he's only 26 years old. You know who else is a 2017 MLS Cup champion? Armando Cooper. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. All right. Uh, so we got honorable mentions based on the poll, and uh, they were Oro at left back, which was my shout. Uh, Richie Larea, who's forever nominated in this award as long as he wears a, a red kit. Uh, yeah. Pablo at right winger. And Alex as backup goalkeeper. But the winner, Mitch, is Jonathan Osorio for his job basically anywhere in the midfield, but his job uh, covering for Michael Bradley during that uh, short time he did. I think that's I think that's a good shout. I had Richie, but I, I think I think Oso is, in terms of his importance to the team, very good. Yeah, 
I mean, he he cha- I mean, Rick can't also play at this point. He can play on the wing. He can play as a number ten. He can play as number mm-hmm. eight. But this yeah. year, he obviously had to change around and play as that, that Michael Bradley number six, kind of holding midfielder role. And he did fantastic when when Michael Bradley was out. And it's like they never skipped a beat. So I mean, shout out to Ozo for the job that he did this year. And, and um, was it yeah, was so it had- shortly before that or shortly after that that he missed a few games? And, and I mean, the team really felt i think it was after that right? it was after that yeah yeah. After that yeah he also missed a couple before that too yeah and the team really felt uh felt that loss in the creativity mm-hmm. moving forward oh, yeah. over the midfield right oh no. huge yeah. huge yeah. huge 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 um do we want to talk about the stephen fry award or do we want to let martin go because he's busy yeah i think we're a little bit press hard pressed on time here but i appreciate you joining us martin thanks for um, having me on guys yeah, we have a yeah. little more we got to get to, but enjoy uh, your Arby's. Martin. I'll be wa- yeah. yes, I'll be watching the rest of the show. Nice time, uh, Mitch. Yeah, Thanks, thank you very much. Yeah, Arby's not an official sponsor yet, but <laughs> yeah, as, as we said, let's uh let's keep this moving here because yeah. we have okay. a lot of awards still to get to. Um, um let's do next? let's uh, do the the get to foe out of here uh, worst play of of the year. All right, let me find it. <laughs> this one, th- this one, I don't think is going to surprise anyone. All right. So the, get the Defoe out of here. The worst play of the year. Um, there's, no, there's not even an honorable mention. No. Honorable mention? None. None. Do you have, none. Do you have any guesses as to which, which play it would be? Um, I think everyone at WTR knows what it is. and that one mm-hmm. I think everyone on planet Earth knows what it is. But let's just, uh, you know, any uh, first person to comment, which one is it? Come on, viewers. Get your, type, get your fingers a tapping. Also, for those like listening to this afterwards, we'll give you a little second. George is writing a paragraph right yeah, now. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> We're gonna run out of time, guys. Just, <laughs> just say it all at once or decide. All right. All right. So yeah. the worst play of the year goes to Alejandro Pizuelo and Pablo Piatti for their, uh, <laughs> penalty routine. Let's call it. Um, obviously, down one nothing against Montreal at home. Um, had a chance to tie the game, go level right before halftime. They get awarded a penalty. Alejandro Pozuelo steps up to the spot. And, well, you know, he he doesn't score. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> what happened there, Jeff? What was your memories of that play? God. What was my memories <laughs> of that play? Uh, when I thought it went in for the amount of time that, that Pozzati thought it went in, I was like, yeah. highlight reel. Highlight reel, here we come. Yeah. Every, every goddamn MLS social post for the next month and a half <laughs> is going to be this. And then I saw the look on their faces, and I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. For the same reason, now it's going to be on every MLS socials for the next month and a half. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what that's what I thought about it. How about you, Mitch? What's going through Yeah, I mean. Stepped up for that. Um, I pretty similar. Like when they first did it, I was like, "Oh, that's so cheeky! I love that so much." And then, and then you realize that you know it didn't come off. And that's again, any play like that, that's the like risk you take, right? Is like if it comes off, you're a hero. If it doesn't, it's the same with any if any of Pause's Panekas, especially the one in the playoffs, get caught by the keeper, then like we're we're having the same discussion about that that we're having about this. But you know, he's he's so good at them that um they, they've all come off for him but yeah again this could have cost them the voyagers cup final like a spot in the voyagers cup final so mm-hmm. um 
as funny as it is now, it was a pretty boneheaded play at the time. Yeah. So boneheaded. So boneheaded. Though, Mitch, if they pull that off, we could be talking about that for play of the year. Yeah. Oh, right? for sure. It's that yeah. polarizing, right? So yeah. especially with the, like the Pozuelo Piatti connection that we we're all talking about beforehand and their connection off the field that TFC fans are loving on the field that they were loving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they come out with that that penalty routine. That was so perfect. And if it just went mm-hmm. in, like the narrative would have just, you know, shot through the roof of that Pozuelo Piatti. Yeah. But, I mean, they yeah, deserved um, all the bans because that was so overconfident. Of they, know, they knew what they're trying yeah. and they know the risk yeah. that they're assuming when it doesn't go pay off. You know, uh, we're really about hard. six minutes late on Brady and he's, I can see him grayed out over here and he's, he's looking pissed. So I'm going to bring him in. <laughs> all right. All right. There he is. There he is. We don't want to piss Brady off. <laughs> well, Brady's, no, Brady's on Newfoundland right. time. So, uh, yeah, that's true. He's that's 30 true. minutes ahead. I, Hour and a half, I guess. Let's try, yeah, let's try and wipe that glare off Brady's face right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I got Brady. He's going to be talking about the uh, Tom and Selmy Best Front Office Achievement Award. So let right me. Okay, before we start, Jeff, mm-hmm. talk to me about this name. The Thomas Selmy. Oh, please. I got to I gotta make sure I'm getting one of those Arsenal jumpers. They're back in stock. So just ignore me <laughs> for about two seconds. <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's over here on Amazon. Um, are you yeah, wondering wait. who Tom and Selmy is? Uh, no, I, I know. He, I just want to know the, the yeah. meaning behind this this award. So, Jeff, for... for well, he, he ushered in uh, the, the new phase of TFC. He brought, you know, he was one of the first guys that... that took the team seriously as opposed to uh, took them as a, as a real estate company. So I think credit where credit is due. Okay. Wasn't he also the president of the Ottawa senators though? Yeah. So I mean, you could, call him, you could call him, you could call him. To be fair, he, he was the predecessor, predecessor for uh, Tim Lewicki. And yeah. I think we should start a little, uh, I don't know, a little <laughs> nomination here to rename that award to the Tim Lewicki Award. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's... yeah, no, no, absolutely. absolutely. I apologize. I've wanted that tracky top for 100 years, so. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, make another sting here. Let's go. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's, yeah, let's get to Brady here, though. Um, mm-hmm. Let's do some honorable mentions quickly. Brass Bonanza uh, playing the entire season without a positive COVID case, obviously. Um, Michael Bradley down to a TAM contract. Um, what they did with BMO Field in terms of um, distributing food and playing time for young players is a bunch of a bunch of shouts. But uh, Brady, who, what's the winner? I, I, I'm assuming it, it's it's mine. Um, it's actually kinda... not the winner. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> oh sorry, what was yours? What was yours, Brady? Talk, yeah. talk. No, yeah. So it kind of works pretty well based on what we were talking about last week, and I mean, a lot of you guys had great shouts just with regards to stuff they did off the field and kind of away from soccer. But for me, like with everything going on to still prioritize the young guys and make sure they're getting minutes, be it with the senior team in the USL and the CPL overseas. Like I, th- I thought that that was pretty important. And like, you know, a lot of those guys, like we kind of touched on last week or at a point in their career, that's just like so important for development that you spend a year on the shelf and all of a sudden, you know, like things can kind of take a turn for the worst. And so I, I thought that was huge. I mean, all the other shouts were, were huge. I, I just kind of tried to go a little hipster on this one, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a great show, Brady, and mm. yeah, especially with Toronto C two, obviously 
going yeah. to have competition this year. It was important for TFC to find a way to get their, their youngsters playing time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. especially with, with this youth movement that we all believe is coming. Um, yeah. It was, it's even makes it even that much more pivotal. So definitely a great show by you. To, to I would, I more. would add that considering what the state of the transfer market is right now and considering that even big, big, big monster clubs now have to say goodbye to some players because they need to, they need to free up some, some finances that loaning out also achieved something in that it opened up potential relationships both ways with some of these clubs. Uh, you know, we're on their radar yeah. for, for not only ta- the talent pipeline going to them as a loanee, but in terms of maybe getting some players onto the, onto the first team or the second team ourselves. So it's, it, was, it, it was just shrewd business all around. So I, I absolutely agree with your shout. Although my shout was Brass Bonanza and it should win. And it didn't. <laughs> Well, let's yeah, let's go for the winner here. Well, we had a bit of a La La Land uh, moonlight situation there. That's that's my bad, but um, but uh, uh, yeah, the the winner was uh, finding a home away from home in in Hartford, Connecticut, which I think you know yeah encompasses multiple of of the other things under under the same roof at, at uh, the rent. For yeah, sure. yeah. They, I still say Brasco Sorry, <laughs> well, that's sort of part of it. <laughs> They found something that was really close to, you know, BMO Field. And, you know, we, we look at what the Blue Jays and how much, you know, they struggled to find their home, mm-hmm. away from home. And, you know, they got kicked out of, what, Pennsylvania when they mm-hmm. thought they secured a deal and they ended up having to play in Buffalo. You know, TFC, from the get-go, they're, they're ahead of the curve here. And they found a place, that, what no other t- Canadian club did, their own place. Other Canadian clubs shared, you know, their other home stands with other, other MLS clubs. And... They found a place where other people were, were comfortable and the team was comfortable. Like Greg Benny himself said he would recommend it to the Toronto Raptors if they needed a place to say it was Hartford, Connecticut because of, mm. you know, just how well good of a fit it was. So I think it, it's fitting to, you know, give TS, the TSC front office the award for, you know, finding the rent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. We should, we should probably let Brady go here because I think we will have our yeah, next Matthew guest in the wings. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you so much uh, Cheers, for coming Brady. on, Brady. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks, guys. Thank See you. you. Everybody. Thanks, Brady. All right. Let's uh, bring on Matt. Hello, Matthew. Hey, hello. hello. <laughs> All right. Um, Matthew is going to be doing the Hey, Mr. Mr. Award for Newcomer of the Year. So let's qualify that. All right, so you guys know Brady, you guys know Martin, but a lot of people here, they're not going to know who, who this guy is. No. Matthew Wilson, he is the rings behind our, our social. A lot of our game day socials were run by Matthew Wilson, and um, he, he's just as involved as everyone else. So it's great to see that you uh, you took some time here to you know put yourself in the spotlight as opposed to being behind the scenes a little bit. Yeah, I usually like to, to hang out behind, but I think I have to defend some of my choices, so I figured I'd come on today. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we got a couple here. I need you to defend. Let me uh, let me get to it. So I think what we want you to defend was your Hey Mister Mister Award for uh, for newcomer of the year there, right? Let's, yeah. let's just double check that. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, so you're your newcomer to the award there. Um, Jeff, do you want to play that sting there? I already did. You already did, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I missed that. My bad. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I went with uh, Achara, and this was a uh, a similar throwback to – so my one claim to fame in the 
waking the Reds voting is that last year I put Io Akinola as my favorite player um, pre-MLS's back tournament, and and that worked out well. So I'm, I'm hoping I have a similar uh, view on Achara. I think they both make just incredible runs in behind, and I think Achara was really unlucky to get injured, and we're seeing some really promising uh, promising stuff out of him before he went down with injury. So I think he was the best newcomer, and hopefully when he comes back healthy next year, he'll be good again. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's a great shout. I mean, we're the only one who chose Achara, so... I, I always like it when, you know, we have some of these stories where some, some people could be forgotten. And last year it was Ayo Akinola that you could be remembered. And this year, I think Achara is sort of that that story heading into next season. Is I think he's perhaps the, the young gun that's, you know, the most loaded and ready to go. And he gave us a little bit of a tease earlier this year. Um, so we had some other honorable mentions, or I guess mentioned, and the other one was Ralph Preso. Um, and he, he was fantastic at the end of the year, the job that he did as a, 18-year-old central midfielder in MLS, um, competing with the likes of Marky Delgado, Jonathan Osorio, Michael Bradley, Liam Frazier, it was Ralph Preso who emerged there as you know one of their steady go-to central midfielders. But the winner of the Hey Mr. Mr. Award for Newcomer of the Year, it's got to be. This is the only one option. It's Pablo Piatti, of course. And mm-hmm. um, Mitch, you had a really good article about this. And what what did you think of Pablo this season? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of mixed. As I said, I, I don't think he was necessarily worth the, the designated player tag just because of what we've seen from Toronto FC's DPs in recent years. But with that being said, you know, the, the way he was able to fit in, in a pandemic season and, and all the different things he brought off the ball in terms of his compete, uh, his compete rate, you know, how well he worked with Toronto FC's most important player in, in Alejandro Pozuelo, I think, you know, if if they are able to bring him back, um, and we'll, we'll see. There, you know, obviously uh, it doesn't look great at this moment, but I, I think that would be an, a nice ad for Toronto FC. I think he he did a lot of things right. Um, again, you just have to hold your designated players to an incredibly high standard if if you want to be you know among MLS's elite. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I mean, based on the new players that we listed out, he had definitely had the greatest impact. Um, and. I, I gave an honorable shout to the class of 2020. And I think it's, it's something, it's a phrase that we're going to be using moving forward <laughs> because the, the kids that came through this year, the newcomers that came through this year, I think they're going to be kids we're going to be talking about the next three, four, five years. So, um, honorable mention to the class of 2020 as well. But, Matthew, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always appreciate you, you know, putting yourself on the, the front line here with all of our hard workers over here. But, we do appreciate all the work you put in behind the scenes, and I think uh, WTR fans and uh, viewers should know that too. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. Thanks. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm very unprofessional. <laughs> right, Jeff, Jeff, we need to throw your phone out the window. Let's go. Yeah, what is <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Matthew, our, uh, our Jaquiel Marshall Rudy made like six, five-minute appearance this season, but – you know, a very important part of their team and, and very big for the future of WTR. So awesome to have him on, uh, make his debut there. Um, I'll just have you know, my order is confirmed. That track market <laughs> is mine. Anyway, uh, I just hope uh, I send it to the right place. Cause wow. let's, uh, let's move on now to the, what is next year? The D Rose John Hancock award for best goal celebration. Gotcha. Do, 
Yeah, shout out uh, to Dero. And yeah. we, we talked about the shake and make earlier this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that name's definitely fitting there. Um, <laughs> yeah, make sure right. go ahead and... Yeah, we uh, had one honorable mention, which is uh, Piatti's celebration after scoring his first goal. I think he, uh, um, going to the sidelines, you know, appreciating um, the, the the team. The t- Sorry, go ahead. Physio. Yeah, no, physio. That, yeah, that's physio what I was there. working for. Yeah, yeah, Cello. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, appreciating great, all the work he did to, to get him back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know his name, don't you? Yeah, I, I learned it after that. I asked. I actually asked Piatti the question about it after because um, uh-huh. I saw this. I saw this. Out, I'm like, it's really interesting that a guy from Spain would just go run straight to the sidelines as soon as he scored yeah. his first goal mm-hmm, and celebrate with his teammates. So I just was curious about that. And yeah. he brought up Cello and the fact that you know he was always supportive, supportive to Pablo, saying he was going to score his first goal. He's very close to the Spanish and Latin players at the club, so it's great to see someone behind the scenes get some spotlight there. And uh, absolutely, but. Of course, there was only only one right answer here. Yeah, and- I feel like I feel like again, as much as we love Dero, this might have to um, eventually turn to the Josie Altador Award just because uh, of all of his celebrations in, in a Toronto FC shirt, the shoe ho- or the shoe phone, all those different ones. But mm-hmm. this year is uh, hushing the crowd, saying "Quiet now" to the two hundred fans in in Montreal. I mean, just just another add to the yeah, just another add to the. Uh, the derby that is and and obviously we uh we have the t-shirt that that are out exactly there well exactly we, t-shirt so. after. we made yeah. a t-shirt about it there's no, win. yeah there's yeah. only one winner there's only yeah. one winner uh yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean that's so that, that's as easy as pie there's there's not a lot that are going to compete mm-hmm. with that i said the posati special for the bands but that wasn't really a goal celebration as much as it was just fun watching yeah. it was very entertaining great content there great yeah content yeah, yeah. There too. like the like both of them went from from hero to that zero moment. in like <laughs> that moment where their faces changed from just excited raw. to like what yeah. it was so yeah. Funny. yeah yeah it was hilarious was um do we all right yeah we, we have, have a next here. oh we Sorry, do go ahead yeah no yeah no yeah let's bring him on now okay cool what's going on guys how's it going it's good are you nice. we match buddy we match yeah, there you, go. <laughs> you guys coordinate that or what come yeah. on I think probably, great, yeah, yeah. Great minds think alike. It's all good. Exactly. That's what I'll take. I'll take that. Uh, he's going <laughs> to do the Victor Vasquez Flamenco Dancer Award mm-hmm. for best play. All right. Best play of the 2020 Toronto FC season. Asim, what was your what was your shout for that play? Uh, it it didn't involve a Toronto FC actually playing, but Rudy Camacho getting sent off. Um, it paved the way for TFC to just go on through the Borges Cup after it looked like TFC kind of blew it. But it is it has to be the play of the year? It kept us in that competition. <laughs> That's strange. <man>. I <laughs> it's savage, but but I mean he's right. He's absolutely right. Rudy Rudy Camacho is like. The best uh, player oh, we signed this you're year. You're not wrong. You're not yeah. wrong. So wait, what? What play specifically was it from Rudy Camacho though? Because I can think of like three or four off the top of my head that helped you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the inexplicably punching Freddie Montero in the knee. I think it was. Getting <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> but thank you. 
yeah, yeah. Mancho, one of our own. Um, another one that I was thinking of was on that Josie Altador goal. He actually gave he Montreal had a free kick and he passed the ball straight to Nick De Leon, who sent the ball. I took a touch and sent it right over the top to Josie Alpador to score score the quiet now goal. Mm-hmm. So that was another one. He also scored an own goal yep. um, against Vancouver in, in one of those crucial games too. So the list goes on and on for Rudy Kamara. <laughs> so amazing. I love him we so much. Him so dear to our <laughs> yeah, heart. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Pay him whatever he wants to play for anyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Montreal releases him, can we just write them and be like, listen, we'll pay his salary. Yeah. yeah, and start him all the time. Yeah, yeah. it would be the cheapest investment. Our academy is Rudy Camacho playing for another team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? We got the uh, we the IO bunch, yeah. hat trick. Yeah, that was an honorable mention. The IO hat trick. Um, yeah, that was probably the most popular one. Um, I actually mm-hmm. didn't write down a winner for this award. Just yeah, I saw. I yeah, it's so close. Um, but the, another one I really want to talk about was, and this kind of maybe gets forgotten about a little bit, was um, I think it was against Columbus. It might have been Philadelphia, but I think it was against Columbus where Chris Mavinga conceded a first half penalty or a first half on goal, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And TFC went down. And then into halftime, Alejandro Pozuelo goes, goes to him. He tells him, hey, you've been really good for us this season. Yeah. Don't worry, I got you. Yeah. I'm going to go score a goal. I'm going to get an assist, and we're going to win this game. And lo and behold, second half he comes out Pozuelo does those exact things and we got to learn that story because Chris Mavinga tweeted about it after the game so I think that was just one of the coolest stories I've you know heard from you know just being on the beat here because you don't hear that stuff too often you don't hear about those cool little locker and interactions that make you know the team so close and I think that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exemplified Pozuelo's leadership sure. skills um yeah that's a very good show it's a very good show and I mean it's Chris Mavinga so I'm not sure how truthful it is it might be embellished just slightly i mean but i'm, I'm sure i'm sure pause talked to him i just don't know if he said if he pulled a babe ruth and said i'm gonna hit it out in those stands for you kid. uh but we'll see we'll see yeah no anything that chris mavinga puts on social we definitely have to you know walk around with <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta sleep on it you definitely gotta sleep you never know yeah you yeah. never know <laughs> There's, there's not a Drake song about Alejandro Pozuelo scoring a goal and uh, assisting. <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not yet. I don't, I don't think. That's so funny. Um, anyways, Ashim, thank you again for taking the time, man. We appreciate all the work that you've done yeah. here for us. He's really good for our, uh, our previous oh, yeah. this year. A lot of Absolutely. Good yep. there, so. so much good writing. Thank yeah. you so much, Ashim. No problem. Looking forward to your team. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Cheers. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, we uh, we got Benny here yet? Yeah, Benny's here. Awesome. You want to you bring Benny? Let's go, let's go Benny on, yeah. All right, there's Ben. Hey. On, guys? Money, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Uh, ben is handling the Meadowlands Massacre Award for Worst Game. So let's cue that up. Benny, um, I think you're the only one who didn't say the same answer here. So this is why I wanted to ask: What was your worst game this year, and why? Um, excuse me. Um, yeah, let me just pull this off. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, what did I vote? I I'll tell I you think, what it is actually. Yeah, it was uh, 
MLS's back tournament. Oh, yeah. Round of 16. Does that ring yeah. a bell? Yeah, New York City FC. What a game. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a game. What a game. Talk to us. Why was that your, your pick for worst game of the TFC's year? Yeah. Uh, Toronto FC has had a lot of success against New York City FC in the past. And I think um, <clears throat> me, a lot of people thought maybe they'll do it again at the MLS's back tournament. And uh, also a lot of uncertainty about when they might come back and play more games after that tournament. Um, Mm-hmm. They, they, they wanted to win that game. There's a uh, Champions League spot on the line for the winner of that tournament as well. Uh, a lot of stuff riding on that game, and, and they just didn't put in performance they would have wanted to put in. That was the game where Greg Vanity decided to give Jaden Nelson his first career mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. appearance. Yep. Yep. First career start. Mm-hmm. Start. 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 Yep. <laughs> Against New York, New York City FC in the round in a, of 16. In a, yeah, in a knockout game. Wasn't it also at 9 in the morning? Game. Wasn't it also at <laughs> 9 in the morning, guy? I think oh, I want it to be. I want I it to be, it but I don't know if it was. The two round robins were. I don't. I doubt mm-hmm. they put a round of 16 at 9 a.m. But then, then again, it's 20. Yeah, it's, you never it know what the yeah. was. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Benny, you had that's a good show. It's a great show there, actually. It's a great. It's a great show. I mean, it was the first. Uh, lull in the season right like we were, exactly. we were... and it was and looking back it's, it's one of the biggest lulls in the season i mean when that new york city fc game who knows maybe we have our spot in the champions league already booked and we don't have to play that that forge game you know mm-hmm. yeah and it was the first time we started asking questions about the team's commitment right like did they throw the game you know were they sick of being in orlando etc etc and that that kind of started a trend uh that you know persisted throughout the regular season and we revisited again uh, at the conclusion of the obvious winner of this award, which isn't that game, as bad as it was. <laughs> uh, what was the winner of the worst, the Medellin's Massacre Worst Game of the Year Award? Because there can yeah. be only I'll one. I'll give everybody one guess. Of course, it's the 5 nothing annihilation at the hands mm-hmm. of the Philadelphia Union. A big second place for his first place game. TFC, mm-hmm. you know, on a roll heading into that game. And he couldn't have had a more disappointing effort than they did. Um, mm-hmm. I think from that point on, TFC were kind of in sort of turmoil because yep. they didn't really, they lost their identity after that because mm-hmm. they were shaken. They were trying to find a way back to, back to where they were and, because they beat Philadelphia. What's really disappointing is they beat Philadelphia like a month or not even a month, less than a month earlier. Less than a month, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they had every, it was a supporter shield debacle right before that, too, where everyone's talking about, you know. I don't remember shield. that at all. What are you <laughs> talking about? Everyone's <laughs> talking about the shield. PFC's talking about the shield. And then you go out and lay that egg against Philadelphia. Um, that has to be the worst game of the year. Uh, five nothing. I think this. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucked. Though. It's they went back home for that week where they couldn't train for the second time, and uh, it 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 obviously had an effect. Um, you know, we had been treated. I, you know, we talked about this endlessly, but remember th- those two comeback games versus Columbus and and Philly, right? Those two games where we put in amazing second halves after like pretty underwhelming first halves and came up with dubs and then you know philly within what, what was it within like the first 20 minutes of that five nothing game it was over it was over yeah. so that's a good point yeah yeah i mean like there was no you know we couldn't even rest on our laurels of the of the second half comeback because we were done we were we were cooked by the end of that first half mm-hmm. um thoughts yeah, on that fans, Ben? the fans made a difference too yeah, yeah true enough 
Yeah, that game was just miserable from start to finish. Like, <laughs> it was just, as soon as the first one went in, you're like, okay, it's just one goal. And the second mm-hmm. one in, the third one went in. <laughs> yeah. It, it, just, it, just, it just kept going. <laughs> and, I know. Uh, it was a bad night at the office, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. It was a horrible night. I mean, Alicia left. She's like, I can't watch this anymore. And then, <laughs> and then she every time I was like, ah, she's like, they scored again, didn't they? I was like, yep. And it's your uh, fault for leaving. But the one lone positive, of course, in that game is that Ralph Preso and uh, Jaden, or sorry, uh, Jaquil Marshall-Ruti both made their their debuts. So we might look back at that game as you know a. Um, you know, the, the start of something again, the class of 2020 is, as Michael puts it, the start of that. But, um, I do, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's like the smallest of silver linings in a night of that's otherwise. They, just, talk, but, uh, yeah. they wore shirts. It can't be all bad. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. It was such a bad game. Uh, my goodness. MLS debut and they lost five nothing too. It's just yeah, it's just never great for the kids. I mean, at least they got yeah. out at least. But. Yeah, yeah. And at yeah. least at least they came on when it was already five nil and they weren't like there the whole time for the five yeah. nil. Like that's yeah. a little bit less and, less demoralizing. But too. Yeah, yeah, that too. That too. And there was no Agra Keche, so that's always <laughs> I mean, that's like at least at least eight percent better. Just by oh, here, here comes Charlie. Here comes Charlie. Anyway, <laughs> uh, ben, Benny, we should uh, we'll let you go here. We have a, a couple of other awards to get yep. to, but okay. thanks so much for for coming on again. We'll see you soon, Ben. Thanks, Benny. All right, I have completely lost my place, so you got to tell me what awards we're missing, and then I'll so I'll, I'll run them. Oh, that's all right. We've we yeah, we got a few more awards to get to here uh, before we wrap up. Let's go uh, the Maxi Arudi Award for most underrated TFC player. <laughs> so nice i'll play it twice yeah mm. uh, again uh, we're, we're talking about award renamings jeff i hope you're you're taking some notes uh on this <laughs> no i'm just kidding well i'm um, the one that suggested it i suggested that we better rename this the market yeah. Auto award yeah which i think is is fair i think that's uh that's an obvious choice for this because um you know well, well fill us in why did you pick marky <laughs> i always pick marky I've never not picked Marky three years running. This is my winner um, because he's so important to the team in, in, in a really sophisticated way. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to uh, be partisan or, 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 you know, be the guy in the record store. That's like, I, you know, my soccer IQ is better, blah, blah, blah. But you know, it's what he does is so important. And uh, because he's not a goal threat and because he doesn't make, you know, astounding defensive, defensive plays, um, he's a glue guy. He's, he's the middle flipper. And I think that's the definition of underrated. The team, mm-hmm. the team doesn't work without him. It's like he's, a, he's an essential piece of the puzzle. And he does his work very, very quietly, um, you know. And uh, I think he's underrated because people still have it in for him for a certain missed sitter about uh are you buying arsenal uh track jackets now mitch is that what's happening down there because maybe. they may be out of stock I, I swooped in there but uh <laughs> no great points jeff and i think we saw how much tfc missed market delgado towards the latter half of last season because i think he was he missed probably the last like six five six games including the playoff game mm-hmm. and the biggest thing i think we talked about a little bit on the show was his ability to pass through lines and pass forward. I think he led MLS when he went down by far, by a large margin. By a large, qu- yeah. Into the final third. Um, 
which is a very, very um, underappreciated stat just because TFC, they're a possession-based side, but I found towards the end of the year they got complacent where they would just reset, pass back, mm-hmm. and let the other teams press reset again. Um, but with Marky Delgado, he, he beat you. If you if you cheated on him, he'll, he'll pass it right by you and move forward, and TFC were gone from there at that point. Yep. So I think that part's really important about Marky Delgado's game. Sometimes gets overlooked his ability to pass the ball. Um, and his engine, he's so fit. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. And, and the fact that, I mean, we've been following, he's, he's been 24 forever. I don't think he's ever going to yeah. turn 25. 25. <laughs> 25. <laughs> um, like, yeah. What was your show for this award? Uh, unsurprisingly, I said Liam Frazier, just because I don't think he got enough of an opportunity this year to to show how good he is. Um, again, for a lot of similar reasons as as Marky, you know, he's, this is a player who was up there in terms of ball advancement for Toronto FC. Um, really good defensively. He, um, in terms of players dribbling past him, I think only Omar Gonzalez was better at defending against dribbling. Which, uh, again, considering how Toronto FC conceded a lot of its goals this season on uh, the counterattack and, and that sort, uh, I think he showed pretty important stuff there. And yeah, I think this is just a player that I really hope gets more of a chance in in 2021 with Toronto FC because all of the talents there. At some point, I want to see that all Canadian midfield uh, with Oso and Ralph Preso. I feel like th- they would complement each other so well, and that'd be fun to watch. But we'll see. Maybe against Forge. Yeah. So you just kicked the most underrated player off the team. I like it. <laughs> of course, that's he's, he's the most underrated player. Twenty right? minutes <laughs> talking about how great he is, and you're like, yeah. you know what I'd like to see him take a seat. So yeah. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. That brought us no, right around. Uh, he only had like over 400 minutes uh, played last year. We talked about last show. And I mm-hmm. think 2021 with an under a new coach, he could be poised for a massive season. And he isn't what he showed last year. I mean, it was one of the more disappointing years of his career. But um, you're right, Mitch. The future could be very bright for him. And I, I think he does get a little bit of a bad rep after this 2020 campaign he got. As long as he's not replacing my Marky in the midfield, I am fine. <laughs> but don't don't All make right. me choose. I think yeah. Uh, I think I don't want to get into it too much, but I think it's he's a like for like for Michael Bradley. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think there's other another option right now. The base, based on the way that TFC wanted to play. But anyways, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. Before we move on, we had Jaquille Marshall. Rudy was also a That's honorable mention, yeah. and uh, Alex Bono. Uh, I think it was Brady that that uh, called, or was it Matthew who who lit a fire for Jacob Shaffle? God, I, th- I think it was Brady. I think it's just because it's a maritimer, though. Brady wanted. To oh yeah, that's that right. Of course. Yeah. Although of I guess course. Brady's technically not a maritimer. I don't think Newfoundland's part of the Maritimes. If we want to get technical with this, but at any rate. It's not yeah. part of the Maritimes? I don't think so. Any anyway, uh we'll we'll move on before we get into a very <laughs> very <laughs> random debate that has nothing to do with anything we're doing. Uh let's go to Geography the- Hour. Let me just make a sting really quickly. It'll be Exactly. Let's yeah. let's go okay. to the uh All for Me Award for the most overrated TFC player. I gotcha. Michael and I are quickly muting ourselves, so in case we have to talk to any of these players at any point. But um, uh, do we even have? Do we? Did Michael yeah. even put this down on oh, the? Uh... Yeah. Oh, I put one down. Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, down. yeah. Michael, uh, d- defend your show because uh, I think a lot of us took the the easy. Uh, it's pretty easy road out and taking Erickson Gallardo because I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you can really overrate a guy who, at, at this point, we don't even know what he, like where he's rated at all or if he's yeah. rated. But 
Uh, you had one of the you you had the one that certainly caught my eye dur during that uh, thing. Is it because it was right? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. So I mean, most overrated Toronto FC player uh, after this season, twenty twenty, in my opinion, was Josie Altidore. Um, he gets paid in a tremendous amount. He scored what two goals last season and. 14, 15 appearances um, for someone who is a designated player, for someone who's expected to score, you know, a prolific amount of goals for this club. Um, he just didn't do the, the job for me in, in 2020 and 2021. I mean, who, there, who's to guarantee that Josie gets back to that 2017 form of himself where he was, mm -hmm. you know, moving left, right and center. And I think the biggest problem for me right now is his movement and, as long as he carries around this designated player tag, as long as he, um, you know, he's he's one of the greatest or the greatest Toronto FC striker to ever to ever play for this club. So I don't want to. That's inarguable. You're right. Yeah, 100%. I don't want to. You know, get out of you know get out of the line here. But moving forward, if he's a designated player on this team, he's banging in two goals a game. You're you're mm -hmm. overrated. You're if TFC need more goals, then. You're, TFC need more goals and you're supposed to be the striker who's scoring goals, you know? It's just there's a lot that doesn't add up there. And well, I mean, I yeah, look at look at Columbus heading into the new season. They've got Zardes as their top, you know, their starting number nine. And who's his backup now? Bradley Wright Phillips. I mean <laughs> yeah. you know, the yeah. league the league is definitely uh the the you know, uh I think the last major holdout for having a proper number nine was SKC. Uh, you know, their their fan base was screaming for it for decades, and then they finally went out and got one. Um, and some teams now have two quality players. Uh, would I trade Josmer for Bradley Wright Phillips right now? In a heartbeat. And In a I heartbeat. Hate, I hate it. I hate saying that. I hate saying that. Yeah, that's right. They're not even paying BWP DP money, mm -hmm. and he's going to bang in 10, 12 goals this year because he always yeah. does. <laughs> Again, it's it's the same discussion as with Piatti. You have to uh, the way that this league works. You have to hold your designated players to a higher standard than You're the right. rest of the roster. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing. They needed more goals from their DPS this year, and one of them put up those goals, and two of them didn't. So yeah, that's the discussion we're having. Piatti right now. had more goals than Josie. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Being, yeah. And, being and way more involved. Yeah. Moments, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Being. If I were to pick a designated player next season, I. I'd probably rather have Pablo Piatti on my squad than Josie Altador, honestly. That depends. I mean, Io's yeah. injury history is 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 worrying. I mean, he's he's Josie-like in a great many ways, uh, you know. So once again, having again, but we've got Achara, and and that and and he also needs to needs to be a proof of concept. I just yeah. find it funny that being a DP in MLS is like being a coach in a Champions League. European team like you're always on the hot seat unless you're unless you're just banging them in or invaluable to your team or winning MVP awards you may not last a year in this league as a DP now which is pretty fantastic when you think about it right like there's the the, the stagnation aspect of of this wonderful wacky league of ours is getting lesser and lesser and lesser all the time and I think honestly if, if TFC could move on from that contract they probably would um it with just having as little ramification as possible. There's there's a lot that you gotta consider. I mean, he is a club legend. He 
Yeah, the cultural aspect, I think, is is something to consider. It's, it's massive, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But just specifically yeah. talking about on the field, what Josie Altador brings for his his price tag, I think you got to say he's overrated. Um, some other honorable mentions, though. We, yeah, go ahead, Jeff, before we do that. What do you think it does to recruitment overall if we buy out a $6.5 million contract? I'm just throwing that out there. You know, um, what is that? I don't yeah, think do it does mean? much. I think if anything, it probably signals something good because they're giving younger players more opportunity. Okay, so if I'm a big player, and I and I'm going to be Josie's replacement, let's just, again, this is totally hypothetical, and I'm making this up as I go. So correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. But as a player, would you be cool with knowing that you're signing to a club that when you've outlived their useful your your usefulness, they have no problem dropping millions of dollars to get you off the roster? Well, That's how soccer yes, works. Okay. You're getting, that, you're getting that money, and you're getting double it then whenever okay. you sign that new contract, right? So, I mean, <laughs> I don't really feel bad for Josie Alford or if he gets bought out by no, not, because they're going to give him a just... million dollars. <laughs> and then you're just, like, okay, go shit, can I get bought out by TFC? Yeah. <laughs> go sign a new contract uh, somewhere else, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think any player would take that person okay it would affect her. Well, thanks it. for listening to my TED Talk because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it was a question. Yeah. You know, no, I, all right. Yeah, no, question. Cool. We have uh, two more, two more awards to get to, so let's uh, let's rattle them off here. Okay. Uh, the Downsview to Downtown Award for Best Canadian Player. Here it comes, boys. This one's definitely interesting because some Canadian players had some pretty good seasons this year. Um, let's go through the honorable mentions first mm -hmm. because. Yeah, they're they're interesting. I mean, you've got Richie Larea there, who uh, again, I feel tough not giving him this award I because know. of the fantastic season he had. Io Akinola, again, I think people are trying to get him on the national team. Uh, Wait, Dr. What, what is he doing in Best Canadian? I just yeah. noticed that. <laughs> um, and then Doctor Lol Duvalnay Teldiff. How did he get there? <laughs> um but yeah i think I, I think we'll boil this down to richie versus our winner oso mm. um and i think just we'll just say nice things about both of them because i think that's that's yeah. kind of fair yeah. yeah um jonathan is obviously we talked about a little bit but just his his ability to adapt and step up and you know, grow as a leader off the field as well as on it too. Like his games at a certain point, the game started to move through him, like it did with Michael Bradley, where he would come in and he'd collect possession. Um, so I think that shows his maturity. He's a, he's the type of player that TFC don't have. And you know, when Jeff said this earlier, when he went out, TFC missed him, and yep. he missed that control in the midfield, and missed that that touch, that that swagger that he carries around. And um, I, I think all of it was you know captivated perfectly when. Greg Vanny gave him the captain's armband. And yeah. we heard some people talk about him afterwards and Michael Bradley, namely, and saying, you know, he's a Toronto boy and no one knows what this means better than Ozo. And it just, the amount that he's grown in every regard in, in 2020, um, I think Jonathan Azaro is a fair show for the Canadian Player of the Year. Uh, with that being said, it's, it's tough, as Mitch said, like to, mm -hmm. to not give this award to Richie Larea because of the season that he had. I mean, he was nominated for MLS Defender, Defender of the Year as a fullback. Um, he played left back, right back, left wing, right mid. Like, the name it, Richie Larea probably found himself there this season, and he performed outstanding at each different position. Um, he's one of the few players TFC have that can take people on 1v1 or very good at it. He's different. 
um and the 2020 that he had he growed so he grew so much even after the 2019 that he had which we thought would be tough because he was so good in 2019 but he mm-hmm. took that even further step forward so both of those guys are great shouts but yeah i, I agree we have to side here a little bit with ozo just because it's um, his year yeah it's, it's yeah. His, yeah i'll say that it's it's his year and i think the center of the park there in tfc was, was really important to really really down. important i mean we thought it, we thought uh liam was going to step into bradley's role and it turned out that it was Oso that did and uh i mean the utility year over year uh the 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 evolution year over year the comfort year over year uh you know he's always adding to his skill set he's always 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 uh impressing it's it's unbelievable but the man just can't put a foot out of place these days it's ridiculous yeah no, mm-hmm. great great 2020 for ozone hopefully he builds on that next season um i know we have one more award to get to but i, I want to start a new award boys all right I, like wow. yeah. I think we should i think we should start giving out a young player of the year award all right um, and i think it, to qualify for this just strictly under 22 um you have to be on the first team and you've had to obviously have played some games so mm-hmm. With those three conditions in mind, who would you guys have as your young player of the year in 2020? It's a pretty easy one. I'd say it's Io Akinola. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think Io Io hasn't probably gotten enough love today um, in terms of what he did this past season. Um, yeah, this is one of the most exciting players on Toronto FC in terms of his ability to to get in behind to beat mm-hmm. players uh the smart runs he makes uh, yeah. again that, that was something that was the biggest thing that was missing when Io Akinola yeah. wasn't on the field was even if he's not the one getting the ball after his runs he makes those runs that just open it up for teammates so yep yeah you know 100%. Seeing, seeing a confident Io Akinola this year was was incredible and and you know he's I'm so excited to see what he does next year because you know, again, this is a player that could be in Europe in two to three years. Well, what did you say about that? The play that uh, was up for, I think it was a runner up for best goal where he was just so smart to play that 50-50 battle and mm-hmm. hope that he's not going to get the foul because the refs are on his side because of how big and, and powerful he yeah. is and the way they're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, okay. I think. Uh, yeah, I think he. There was another one against New England as well, where he. It was the same thing, right? Like yeah. he, like everyone knows that he can win the physical battles. So like even when he's when he's potentially fouling the defender, um, the fact that he already plays that way and he already has uh, the the body of hard work is, is going to win him those calls sometimes. So there's so exactly. many things to love about Io's game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, that was when you mentioned that I started looking out for it, and I know he's just so crafty. He's just so shrewd. And and once he knows he's got the 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 official on his pocket, he's maybe unplayable. Yeah, no, yeah. some honorable mentions too. Um, Jaden Nelson, he had a, mm-hmm. a great great campaign. Ralph Caprizo, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's stop. Uh, Liam Fraser, if you could throw him in that mix, um, even throw a char in that mix. Obviously, he didn't have the sample size to really warrant the award, but he's on the radar at least as a, a youngster coming up. Um, Shuffle uh, God. Schaffelberg's in the mix. Um, again, Jaquil Marcerudi would be have to be involved a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think yeah, we can all agree that Io Akinola was Toronto's youngster of the year. Without question, without um, question, he finished fourth in, in in the MLS's Young Player of the Year award, so he he should be our Young Player of the Year. Um, yep. He also led MLS in goals per ninety, and Amazing. he, he yep. also sat on the bench for TFC's first love. 
Well, I like it. <laughs> Next year, fourth annual, we have a Young Player of the Year award, and uh, we got to figure out a, a clever name for it, which I, I yeah, can't of, course, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's do our final award here. Let's let's end it on a happy note. It's the Miracle in Montreal Award for best game. Gotcha. So we had a couple honorable mentions for this one. Obviously, this was always going to be a, you know, uh, everyone's got their different flavor when it comes to to these games. Uh, we had Toronto FC's three one win over Columbus. We already talked about the uh, Pozuelo halftime uh, mm-hmm. talk to Mavinga game. Yep, uh, their one nil win and their only game in front of fans at BMO Field. Again, there were two games. The, there was that one game where fifty people were at the food building. That counts yeah. as fans, but I'll agree. This one, this one had actual fans in actual seats. So yeah, and yeah. then uh, their three 0 win uh, over Vancouver in August. Uh, but the winner uh, for this one was the four three win over the Montreal Impact at MLS's back. That was that was just a chaotic game. I mean, that was the most Montreal Toronto game of this year. And yep. and usually, if Montreal and Toronto have a have a great game, it's going to be the, the best game of the year for Toronto FC. Yeah, it was a track meet, but it also had the advantage of being a IO's coming out party. So mm-hmm. it was it was pretty terrific. I mean, I voted the Montreal game, but you know, it's it's pretty dead even. It's a dead heat with that that Columbus comeback because that was an exciting match. And and I remember all the all the inks filled afterwards talking about how TFC has this third gear that, you know, they can just the third or fourth gear that they can find sort of whenever they feel like it and and just smush team so i did i did really enjoy that that was uh that was really nice especially because you know the the trends this season has been uh, a, ga- a game a two games basically like a game played in two halves right and quite you know uh, how how often were we complaining about uh greg vanny's uh insane center back double center back swaps in the second half uh you know so it was nice to have a turnaround in the second half as opposed to a capitulation in the second half yeah, no, that was that come from behind was very exciting. I think it was Benny who pointed out that that three nothing win over Vancouver in August when they returned to play at BMO Field without fans, except for the ones there at the, at the outside of the stadium. Um, mm-hmm. That was that that was a clinic they put on that night. And, you know that had people you know on the edge of their seats excited for Toronto FC, and it, yeah, it was just Vancouver, but it was some of the best soccer I think they played all year. So definitely a shout out to that three nothing win. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good I, game. I, Quality goals. Yeah. I wrote down the one nothing win um, at, at the home opener at BMO Field more so because it was sentimental. It was the last time like, right. everybody was back together, and I still vividly remember, you know, that the place erupting when Achara got to the back post and he got a touch to that goal, and it went mm-hmm. in. And it's been it was a long time coming. You know, there was a lot of anticipation for that goal, and finally broke through. And I think it was like the eighty first minute or something like that. Yeah, it was late. And, came late. Yeah. You know. TFC was the buzz around the city and you know I, I had people who weren't soccer fans talking to me about TFC and Achara and you know everyone knew the name Achara I remember you know talking to TFC PR and they were telling us that, you know how we should say this guy's name and you know how like it was just it was there was a lot happening that night it was, it was buzzing and it's again sentimental because it was the last time we were all together there feels uh, like a hundred years ago yeah, yeah it feels like a hundred years ago like <laughs> yeah. so um, that was that was special for me, um, but obviously 
or I think we all went with the four three win over Montreal the MLS. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's the winner. But it's a tight race this one. Yeah, that was a tight race. Absolutely, there were a lot. There were a lot more really good games than I remember. At least three of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we should probably wrap things up there. Um, this bow tie is cutting off my circulation pretty bad, so <laughs> I am very excited to to take it off. Um, nice, nice. I had to remove yeah. my my blazer because it was I was melting back here. <laughs> yeah, hot. there you go. Yeah. yeah, we're all. I think we're all just about ready to to wrap it up, but. Uh, you know, this being our final show of, of 2020, obviously. Oh, and uh, go over to wakenerad.com and uh, get your read vote. The full, yeah, yeah, read, read, your read, vote, read the full WGR awards yeah, article. Oh, um, they got yeah, but there, so you guys can see all the plays too. Yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to rely on Jeff's uh, Jeff's dancing, which he never ended up doing. But um, yeah, thank you so much to Martin, Brady, uh, Matthew, Asim, and, and Ben for stopping by for, for today's show. Uh, thanks to Kevin and Sophia at Homestand for everything they've done today. Obviously, Jeff for the OT work he put in today and all these oh, stings. Yeah. Don't don't forget to run the uh, outro video this week, Jeff. <laughs> I have uh, to make sure that this Arsenal top isn't going to my <laughs> into my parents' house in Richmond Hill. I, I've never done something so completely <laughs> insane. But oh man, but yeah, well, boys, we're 25th episode. Like, mm. we didn't plan to sell but you know 25th year maybe like soccer too oh nice um, it's pretty fitting that we're wrapping synergy you know here, here, <laughs> super synergy here. this is that's yeah. great that's great yeah now, this After 25 I, episodes i mean oh, I can't, yeah. it, it, it's shocking that we've done 25 episodes but mm -hmm. also fantastic because we're so used to doing this now and it's so much fun mm -hmm. i so look forward to our our tuesday chats together yeah Mitch shout out yeah. Kevin, Sophia already, but like honestly, it's it's the viewers, you guys, man. Yeah, you absolutely. Listen, yeah, listening to this after watching this live along with us, you guys are the ones who make this so fun, and why we're so you, re you really do excited yeah. every Tuesday to to show up here and talk some TFC Canada soccer, and I promise you guys that this is just the beginning, and just like Canada soccer is is on a wave, I, I, our content will follow, and we love doing this, and we're excited for the future, man. Yeah, so certainly we. We hope uh, we hope this has been a nice little distraction uh, every Tuesday and what's been, you know, a bit of a crazy year. But uh, on behalf of Jeff and Michael and myself, we look forward, hopefully, to, to better times in 2021. And most of all, when we can once again all gather at BMO Field, our home by the lakeshore. Now, that, OK, I'm just checking my watch for sure. When we come back on Tuesday, it will be 2021. So that's good. I'm glad. We that would have been such a nice place to wrap up, Mitch. Yeah, it's such a nice outro. <laughs> all right, rewind, rewind. I'm so sorry. Jesus. It's all good. You can send it on that point. Yeah, yeah I think that perfectly wraps up our season. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. My work here right. is done. Ciao. Bye. Oh, wait, I got to run the... the uh, uh, uh. <laughs> okay, here we go.